Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, I got Justin and Chuck. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Another week, another dollar. Let's go. Another week. Another. Yeah. Chuck, sorry about that, another buddy. Another dollar, another hour. Another dollar, another hour. Those, those, <laughs> those are kind of some of my favorite people I've ever met, you know? That, I've known a few women like that. That's all right. Oh boy! Uh, all right, that's not this kind of show. Although, although that we, we might, we might, we could, we could tip off into that because I just had an idea, folks. What we're going to be talking about in today's show is we're going to be talking about army and hobby inspirations. You know, what kind of gets your juices flowing? What kind of gets you an idea of, you know, maybe an army that you wanted to play or or, or get into? And we've all been there, right? I mean, we, we draw our inspirations from from everywhere. Uh, and I think there's even an army out there that's uh, that's kind of like for sultry women. Isn't there an army out there like that, fuck guys? Aren't I, aren't I thinking of one? Wow. I can't, the name isn't coming to me right now. Help me out here, folks. Huh? Come on, guys. Chuck, wait, wait, wait. Would Chuck's, that be demonettes? See, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. You know, Chuck's already climbed under his desk. He's not sure he really wants to do the show anymore. Like, we completely <laughs> just ruined everything. No, I, I'm just having technical difficulties and a dog with a squeaky ball underneath me. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, I thought because we were talking about sultry women, I started to hear that squeaking. I was like, you need to turn your camera off. <laughs> just, okay. We know, where, we know where Pat's mind is for inspiration tonight. What do you mean <laughs> where my mind is? My mind's always there. Man. But yeah, you know, we, we, got, uh, we got a great show, as always, man. As always. You know, we're going to give you that bar stool, belly up to the bar, you know, have a beer, talk to your buddies about one of the greatest games, tabletop games on the planet. And uh, that's us, man. That's Grimdark Live. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the news. We got the rumor engine, and um, and I think I, I think we're going to go back to what we said. I think this is going to be a good topic um, when we get into uh, you know a hobby project or a new army. You know what what is your inspiration for that? Um, and uh, I think um, I think I think a great question and topic for tonight's show is. Uh, when is it time to dive into a hobby project or a new army? You know, where, where do you find that inspiration? What drives you to that new uh, army project? I mean, in other words, how do you stay inspired to paint, play, and, and hobby? You know, I suppose, guys, and back me up on this, but I suppose a good byproduct of that topic is, is you know, how to fight hobby block, because that's the biggest thing, too. I mean, you know, you're sitting there, you're painting 300 nobblers, you're on number 289, you know, you're starting to create new swear words, the neighbors are calling the police, things are falling apart quickly. But, you know, you you gotta try to kind of try to get through that. You, you guys with me so far, man? Or am I just am I just rambling, you know, and just sucking up the air in the room? No, oh, no, no. You, you've got a good point. Um, you know, there are a lot of strategies that the hobbyist is going to use, and that it's that's a good launching topic that we're going to kind of mull over and probably surgically uh, cut open. Hopefully, not. Too horribly wrong, but uh, we'll get it thrown back up. Away my inspirations, Chuck. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! 
Yeah, you know what? I was, yeah, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, you know, and the problem is, I'm willing to bet that not a one of us have all, if none of us have been to medical school. I mean, mm, no, no. I mean, I, I I did practice freelance gynecology for a while. Ooh, there's that poll again. All right. So, um, so the the so so here on the show, we are going to be talking about inspiration. You know, you see how I had to snap right back into it and kind of start being a little more responsible. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, inspiration and, and looking at some armies from Chuck and Justin and myself, you know, not necessarily, I would say an army for myself, maybe a little bit of a list, but you know, kind of where my inspiration came from to get, uh, to get a particular army off the, uh, off the shelf. But you know, I wonder, I wonder if we can, can we dial in the sultry women topic later on in the show? I don't know. Let's keep that. Let's stick sure. a pin. In, let's stick a pin in that one and let's see where that one goes guys. You know, but, uh, but after all of that, uh, we do have, uh, the closing thoughts and the question of the day. Uh, so here it is, folks. Now, I'm going I'm to kind of go back on something that I wasn't going to do, uh, but then I thought about doing it. And, you know, I, th- these guys are, are both a divided camp right now. You know, Chuck and, and Justin, they're not sure uh, if we should we should do this or not. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and leak the question of the day early, but don't answer it. Don't answer it in the comments. Uh, don't answer it here. But this kind of gives you guys something to kind of think about um, while the while the show is, is, is going on. If if you haven't already been thinking about the squeaky ball under Chuck's desk. All right, so <laughs> there you he go. You, you scared him off. There he goes. There he goes. Um, I'm kidding, Chuck. See, he really left. There he goes. Um, I was kidding. Uh, so 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 here so here it is. But don't answer it now. Don't answer it now. But today's question of the day is this: If the new book, Broken Realms, which is the Marathi book, will that book in that storyline herald in a shift from Nagash's storyline to the elven god or or will Nagash and death remain steadfast in their role as a central player in the storyline there it is there's the question of the day so uh we'll get to your answers towards the uh the end of the show but guys what do you think man we uh we ready oh we're ready <laughs> chuck's, chuck's muted yeah, I, I don't know what he's doing chuck still hadn't said anything he's muted and uh oh boy here we we're ready to go let's let's jump off the diving board yeah he's got like that really fancy microphone man he's got like that you know it's got five gears he's grinding the fifth one you know he's he's pegging it in reverse stalling out but i mean it's that's a hell of a nice mic man i gotta tell you as far as microphones go and it's gold you see that gold oh, oh okay. wait a minute you mean that's gold like knobbler dice Oh, it gold like oh, the Noblar dice. Unbelievable. We got to get a picture of that up there. We, we you know what? We are going to get a picture of that one. <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to be right back with the news. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening following and just being awesome all right we are back from the uh from the break so we're going to be getting into the the, the news right now and we've got um we, we got a couple of topics here i think that uh that we're ready to warm up with but as always we're going to get into the, the breaks we're going to be getting into the rumor engine uh and here it is right here so the first one up man we got the rumor engine 
So, uh, Chuck, you good, man? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're good. All right. Look like you were tapping on your mic. All right. We're, we, we are rolling, man. So the rumor engine here, guys, what do you think? I mean, you know, you, you hold a fencing blade like that. I have no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of an amateur swashbuckler myself, but, uh, it, it's a weird way to hold the blade hilt, I guess. I, Maybe I, I've, I've never seen a sword held like that. No. I, I mean, uh, what do you think? Sylvaneth, Dark Elves? What do you think, guys? What do we got here, man? I, I, we're, we're looking Dark Elf or Vampire still. Or back yeah, to the Vampires. I, I'm, I'm going to go on the tangent of we've seen a couple other images from the Warhammer community site that do look like this. Whether it is the uh, handgun that we saw last week. I, I believe there was another weapon or sword-like. Oh, yeah. That has been released in like the past four weeks to six weeks. I think these are all in tangent together. What whether it's some type of unit, um, and they're posing individual models, you know, and the back side of a uh, a swashbuckling sword or the front side of a handgun. I think we're gonna kind of see that. That I'm I'm almost wondering if those two, the handgun and that blade, are the same model. It, that yeah, that's a good. That probably is. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm almost thinking those might be the same model. You know, the handgun was right-handed, the blade's left-handed, or vice versa. I think it was. Yeah. So I'm almost thinking that that's gonna be the same model, probably some kind of zombie-esque pirate, or you know, battle line troop, or maybe a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, of some type. Speaking of a swashbuckler himself, we got we got Iron Jaw, man. The Iron Jaw Rat Bastard himself. He's chiming in on the chats, and, and he's saying vampires as well. Looks like Chuck's, uh, you're agreeing with him. Vampire pirate. Um, so, yeah, we. I mean, you know, here, here's the weird thing. When I look at the hand and I see the way that the pointy finger and the, I guess, the middle finger are kind of uh, set between the, the, the hilt of the handle there. I mean, it's obviously yeah. some kind of a duelist uh, of some kind. Maybe I'd wager right. a, maybe I guess I'd say a vampire. Or, hey, since we're going to be, you know, kind of, I keep trying to bring in sultry women into this thing. Maybe it is Slanesh character of some type. All right, I'm done with that. Not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, possibly, <laughs> possibly an elf, but I'm... Um, but I'm leaning more towards vampires now. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be in cahoots with all you guys on this one. Yeah, I think I think we're getting too many. We're getting too many previews and things like that that are really pointing us towards swashbucklers and just these are fencing weapons. These are high guarded, you know, hilts and decorative hilts. We usually those aren't carried by, you know, swashbucklers. So right. right. I mean, a lot of that we're seeing. Yeah, and I don't want to keep uh, pulling the taffy on this one for, for, for too long, but the weapon is more interesting to me when I look at it. Um, it, it looks like a hybrid between like a long sword and a rapier, maybe. Um, yes. But if you, look at the, if you look at the blade down where the hilt is, it's got that uh, the jagged point or that, uh, that beveled indent in the blade. Um, that looks like, I, I guess that's what... Um, I guess that to me would would probably be more vampiric or more death the way that the blades are. You know, that, when I first saw it, I kind of thought I thought dark elves because of the old dark elf spearmen. If you remember how their their spears had, had that jagged curved, curved edge, yeah, right. yeah. So I don't know. That's but I think you know we had talked about this or it was covered in a previous episode. I I think it is reminiscent of some of the. And I'm forgetting which vampire bloodline this was, but there was one or two from the old Vampire Counts book that were reminiscent of that type of weapon. Either they uh, had the sword with the curved hilt 
that was more rapier like. It would yeah. have either been the von Kostins or the blood uh, dragons. And I, I think that's why people are thinking it's going to be um, a step back, sort of more of a like a historical grab at that, but presented in that new limelight. And with the black powder weapons being, you know, reminiscent of that, with these images being back to back with mm -hmm. the Warhammer community, we're just sort of naturally tying those two together. And if they were to present something like that, I mean, we could almost see something, you know, that was released along the movie lines of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, right. not that it's going to be all zombie pirates like that, but, you know, you could have something along the lines of specific bloodlines of different pirates that were from an old age. Yeah. Uh, sort of tied to that Vampire Counts book. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, so here's my question. I, I, think, I think it was the last show or the show previous to that. It was either yourself or Justin. I can't remember which one. Maybe Justin, I think maybe it might have been you. You referenced a vampire pirate character at one time baron lord harkin he's uh he's the vampire of the i believe it was the wizarding coast i'm not i might more magic coast or something like that it, i'd have to go back and look at the actual our uh, the actual terminology on it but he is the lead character right now in the warhammer total conquest 2 video game okay. so he's he's leading that faction right now and he is a vampire pirate Okay. So that's where I'm getting most, I'm taking most of my inspiration from just simply because we've seen a lot of mirrored releases. So it's like you had high elves come back in this video game and you had the vampires pirates come in this video game. And now AOS, we see the high elves in a different form Luna come back. Lord, yeah, right. 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 So, and we've, then we also saw, other things so mm -hmm. you know a lot of these their their ips tie into other things they tie together and usually we get hints from other areas of their ip okay and, right. and that that is one part of the marketing strategy i believe because yeah. uh games workshop has gotten into the licensing business with the video games uh and i would assume that between that yeah uh, and other platforms that they have, such as book releases through Black Library, uh, their own larger scale releases with models and miniatures and things like that, that they would try and tie those together. Uh, it, it, it preps the pump for our wallets when we already play the video game at home uh, and we, we read the, or there's another group of people who don't like to play video games, but read the books. And so right. as they're reading this back fluff, that's where they get that inspiration potentially for a new army. Right. Okay. It usually feeds pretty well into it. So, All right. and I, yeah, Iron Jaws came across and said Luther Harkin, Vampire Coast of Lustria, and that's exactly what it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so Chuck, let me throw this question at you, and then, and then, uh, Justin, I'd like to hear what you have to say. I mean, we got this thing potentially. I think it's all over the place. Even on the boards now, are kind of hearkening. There, I feel like we're in an echo chamber by saying, you know, vampire pirates. Chuck, thoughts. I mean, what are your thoughts about a vampire pirate deliverable? <laughs> successful do you think it's going to go well i mean what just just I, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a loose highlight from a but from a five thousand foot view what are your thoughts yeah i think it is is doable uh i think we saw it with the multi-billion dollar franchise of pirates of the caribbean with johnny depp right. um i believe there is a again another faction of warhammer players that like high elves when they released lumineth that would jump on board and i think that that 15 to 20% market of 
uh, undead players are what they're trying to target. If this is going to be, you know, a, a future bloodline pirate uh, vampire release, whether it be zombies or, or whatever. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was zombies, because look at how much of the ethereal undead and skeletons we've already seen be released. Hmm. So this would be a way for them to reintroduce right. zombie related models into the line. When was the last time we saw a new zombie released? That's a good oh, point. God. 10 plus years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is where it kind of, I, I think our question of the day is going to be kind of an interesting one, ironically enough. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts, man? Zombie. I, I mean, no, zombie, you got me, you got me thinking zombies now. Uh, well, pirate I, vampires. Well, with, with them pulling apart, basically the legions of Nagash book and separating it out into uh night haunt and separating it out into um, the court of the feast and all that, you know, every, every, major portion of Nagash has been broken down into a sub faction. So I, I'm kind of agreeing with what Iron Jaws is saying is, is, you know, have it like a traditional book where you have the bloodlines in there, kind of like Chuck is saying as well. And then maybe one of those factions in that book is vampire pirates. Okay. You know, that would be that way you can still pull Manfred. You can still pull all the skeleton models, all the zombie models, everything that's in the line currently forward with new rules but also introduce an entirely new line of models to go with it that's all in one book right right and, and that would that would make sense for me from a marketing standpoint it could just be like a splash release they've got right. six months where they they release so x number of box sets and and that's it if, and then if you want to get into it later you can still use your older models you have or get stuff from right yeah. or kit bash the living crap out of it yeah or, or that <laughs> well and we may see that with a flying boat. Maybe there's some type of ethereal boat that yeah. is a centerpiece model. It's a terrain or a terrain piece. Or what? What is that? They, they already have that with the corpse cart. What, what, not, the, not the corpse cart, but what's the uh, what's the other death uh, carriage that looks like it's flying? Uh, the 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 coven crown, the coven throne, or whatever. It, yeah, you're talking I, about I, the I, one with from the the malign that's got the horses drawing the the stage kind of behind yeah, the it. Stagecoach, right? Yeah, exactly. That well, one. that's the, we'll the black coat. The, the black coach is the black from the gash. Thank you. But there's yeah, there's the another var there's another variant which is the Coven Throne. Um, no, I'm thinking of the black coach, and I was just kind of yeah. backing up what, what you guys are saying about saying like yeah. some ethereal flying ship. I I think if they did a ghost ship or something like that, or ghost ships, that would be something to take par and possibly counter KO, okay. which would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that would deflate a lot of the, the the people out there that wanted to see goblin pirates. You know that one's going to be gone. But you know, uh, but before before we beat this little uh, rumor engine into the ground, let's keep uh, let's keep rolling <laughs> with the news. Are we good? Are you ready? Yep. All yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So so the next part of the news I wanted to bring up was Warhammer TV. Uh, they're going to be doing their preview again uh, this Saturday. But from what I understand, it's only going to be 40k stuff. I understand it. it uh. I understand it might only be. The reveal of some Space Marines and some Necron Codexes and stuff like that. I mean, any 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 fantasy or Age of Sigmar stuff in general that you guys know of? Have you guys heard anything about this? I didn't even know there was a preview coming. In all honesty. Yeah, yeah, that's I uh, mean, from, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, the most of the feed that I have on uh, Twitter and YouTube is Age of Sigmar related. Uh, I do have some 40k on my feed, but. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go in with Justin on this one. I did not know that they were having like a major uh, preview this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Me I mean, the, the the only thing I knew that was coming was we were getting 
the second release cycle for Lumineth. So we're getting the well, mountain coat, the mountain cow and that kind of stuff. But that's all I heard about. Well, let's just skip right over this one and head right to that. So this Saturday we got the pre-orders. <laughs> we got, we got the second, uh, we got the second uh, wave, if you will, of the, uh, of the Lumineth realm Lords. And what we know at this point is we have the Venari Dawn Riders, the Alarith Stone Guard, the Avalonor, uh, uh, the, the Stoneheart King thing or whatever, and then we have mm-hmm. the uh, Alarith Sacred Mountain Spirit and the Alarith Stone Mage that right. are all being released. Yeah. And the, the thing that I found interesting in looking at some of this stuff is wave, the, the Wave 2, they're saying, is going to complete the Lumineth Realm Lords for now. At this at this very moment, and they, and they were very quick in their in their advertisements to spell out for now. And I think it's I think what they're trying to do is I think they're trying to you know kind of clean up the deliverable mess that's there a little bit. But um, what about the Tootsie Roll dice? I mean, any news on those? Are, are those supposed to be part of the pre-order release? You know, they were they're pre-order they? for they're part of the wave one. If you actually go to GW site right now, you have all the stuff up on their pre-order. There's 12 items that were released. Uh, for pre-order, one okay. of those was the Tootsie Roll dice, the actual Lumineth book, the Endless Spells, and then the three or four units. And then next week is supposed to be the Stone Guard side. Anything that's from the mountain. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and I, to be honest with you, to kind of cut back into this, I actually like the cow guys, the 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 Stoneheart King and the Alarith Sacred Mountain Spirit or whatever. Um, but my question is, and what do you guys think? I wonder how much they're actually going to be, because I know on last week's show we spoke about some of the, the prices of the units, you know, i.e. Techless at 170 bucks. but uh, I didn't have uh, this price uh, or, or, or any of these. I mean, do you, do you guys know what, what some of these uh, units are going to be going for price-wise? So, so rumor is that the Allenrith Stone Mace, Stone Hammers, the five, it's a five-box model set did we cover those it's, last week yeah we talked about those last week that's right no uh, no there's no these are the stuff these are the dudes with the hammers okay um they're right. gonna be five models in the box and it looks like they're gonna be 60 bucks for those five models okay um the mountain cow looks like he's gonna be somewhere in the lines of 140 to 150 for one but he's a multi-kit because he can build both the hero and the 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 the, the, the option the just spirit right now you, then, do you know it's 140 bucks or is that just your guesstimate it, it's a it's a rumor so okay. i'm not 100 percent as to if that's going to be the price or not but leaning towards the size of the model it's probably going to be up there yeah i'm guessing 140 bucks that, that would and be then guess. the stone mage we're looking at we're probably looking at 30 for her or for that model uh even though it is a floating model but it's still a hero base and most of those are 30 to 40 uh, and then we've got the Dawn Riders, which are 60. Okay. Uh, do, do we know what base size the battle cattle are on? I believe he's sitting on 100. 100 well, millimeters. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be larger than that? Because I would think at the very least he'd be on the base size of like a Gorgon or a Cygor. Right? Well, Cygor and a Gorgon's on a uh, 105 by 90. Yeah, I would think at least he's on something like that. 100's bigger than that. It's a hundred circle. That's actually a bigger base. One hundred millimeter. Oh, okay, okay. All right, okay. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be on a circle base, and and I believe Teclas is on a one sixty. Okay. He's a huge model. There's actually a picture of him on the community page, standing next to um, what looked like a the Sentinel, the guy with the bow, and yeah. you can see the scale difference between Teclas and that model, and it's huge. He's bigger than a corn demon. 
Okay, the tip so, of the wing. So are we he sits at... higher than, than the corn demon's wing. Okay. All right. So that'll be kind of interesting, you know. Sure. Uh, but I mean, regardless, no way I could, I could ever paint these models uh, as good as what they're showing, in, you know, in, in a million years. I mean, I love the look of them, and and uh, like I said, the the, the big cow monster models. I, I love those things. Uh, I really hope that the Alara Stone Guard, you know, the the, the Hammer Elves. Um, I really hope their heads are separate to the bodies on the sprue. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I hope they're not going to come out with that big torso and the head attached because I, I, I think that goofy helmet they're wearing just, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I know it's a fantasy game, but I think people are looking for a little bit of realism. And I think with that big goofy helmet on that big bucket on their head, it doesn't really seem like they're going to be able to swing those hammers very effectively. I would think. Get well, hung up in the horns. Yeah. I think people want to see like a smaller helmet, but with the horns. Right. You know, we don't, I mean, it's almost like that Saturday night live show, the Coneheads with, I forget the comedian's name, <laughs> but Aykroyd. you know, he, just, Aykroyd, he yeah. had like a 12 inch tall forehead and you're just like, okay, dude. Right. Okay. It's like, I get it. They're aliens. But you know, in this, yeah, we're, we're still looking at like humanoid type elves with a regular <laughs> helmet that they can fight in. Right. Yeah. Be, be ready to modify your, your carrying cases <laughs> to, to put them in there. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not kidding. Um, I, I, we, we got a great comment here. Watcher Zombie 2010 just says, but elves got to have dome helmets. Yeah, they, they do. I, I, I get it. I, the old, the old spear elves with their big cone head, you know, big, uh, you know, cone head, literally, uh, Dan Aykroyd heads, but you know, it's funny, you know, I, and Justin, you and I were kind of talking about this before the show. All these people are coming onto the boards now and saying, this is going to be my Lumineth army. And it's just going to be the, the greatest Lumineth army ever. And, you know, I, I want to kind of peel it back a little bit because I think I think we've been pretty negative. At least I have on the army, and you know, I'll just say this right now though, from from a, from kind of a my standpoint, if I were collecting this army, I would definitely replace the rocky bits uh, that you see on that um, that mage with a flying base, and I'd replace the the, the helmeted head on the, uh, the 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 hammer elves with a different one. I mean, that helmet makes the and also I guess I should say the helmet on the stone mage for that matter, it makes it look like a slan. You know, and, and I think that that looks a little little goofy to me. So um, this could be very well like a conversion armor, or, you know, conversion army, like a, a, what do you call those type of people? A converter, you know, those kind of people, those artists, those right. hobbyists. Mm -hmm. it, this army could literally be like their uh, their wet dream. I mean, they could really enjoy this army, I would think. Well, I see you. I actually could see you buying one of the giant spirits and converting it to something for your Beastie Boys. Probably, yeah. You, you know, oh, in, yeah, all, in, yeah. All, in all honesty, like you, basically, your guys captured it, beat the living crap out of it, and put it in the field for you. You know, I like that man. I like that. I like that story arc, man. That's good. You got to you got to publish that, man. That's a good one. Uh, but you know, I, I wonder if it's possible to swap the the the, the cow giants' heads with, say, the the Teclas Sphinx head. Um, I almost said Tecla Sphincter. I'm glad I caught myself on that. Uh, the Sphinx thing. Uh, it would be interesting, I think, to, to see that change. Because I think I, I love the Sphinx model that, that's with Teclas. Um, I almost wonder if that head is the same size. Because, I mean, it's a, they're big, bulky pieces. So it'd be interesting to see if those two pieces actually are swappable. I don't know. I mean, Chuck, you're, you're constantly converting and toying with things. I mean, just when, when you were showing off your your uh, your uh your dragons on last week's show i mean you had you, you you redid the wings i mean what are your thoughts as far as a, a a converter a hobbyist whatever the heck the phrase is that's sure as hell not me on on like a lumineth army like this so i mean i personally i see the larger spirit cows uh the heads as being okay um 
but you want to kind of design those hammers so that they look like it was rock taken from their back. Um, that way you can have like more of a point to the weapon. So it doesn't look like a flat hammerhead, but whatever the hammer is called that has a point to it. Um, as rock far hammer. as, yeah, like a rock hammer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing that I found interesting is that there's bonsai trees growing out of the stone. Um, that could actually be a major theme with your army. You could tie in that little rock that the mage is levitating on, put a bonsai tree underneath him, but you could scale it to be a little bit taller. Um, you could have little bonsai trees on your bases. Uh, mm-hmm. Your coloration with that stone on the back of your cow would probably want to match all your weapons. So however you're going to convert the hammers in the elves hands you're going to want to make those the same coloration and probably uh the same style stone that you would carve out the larger helmets i would probably change sand down or you know what honestly just take those calvary helmets and use it for your foot troops because you know you're going to get like 10 different calvary heads in each one of those boxes and uh Slap some horns on there if you want. Otherwise, just use the calf heads. That would be. The I, 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 I wish that was true that you actually did get multiple Calvary heads. Oh Unfortun- no! Unfortunately, you don't. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. You had the get started box, Justin. That's right. Yes, I. Yep, oh. and it's the exact same kit that's coming in the release. There is only enough alternate heads for two additional models. Those, those, and it's and it's the faceplate, not the helmet. Those design and marketing guys over there at GW are pretty freaking smart, man. I'm telling you. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I, let's kind of stick with the Lumineth here because there was an article. Did you guys see the article this past Tuesday? It was it was called uh, Lumineth and Friends, uh, that came out uh, from Warhammer Community. The um, the one about the alliances. Yeah, yeah. It was called Lumineth and yeah. Friends. Have, have you guys read that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for anybody out there that hasn't read it yet, I mean, basically the article talked about the Lumineth befriending other inhabitants of the mortal realms, which specifically the article noted that the Ideneth Deepkin and the Sons of Behemoth, uh, by the way of a named character, I think it was Bundo Whalebiter, uh, that um, uh, I, I had a I had a buddy of mine in college that kind of, you know, I'll tell you that story offline. You know, we, you know he, he could very closely be related to, you know, or, or resemble the, the Bundo Whalebiter. Uh, at any rate, so... Um, uh, I, I, I think I think for good measure, the article mentioned that Stormcast Eternals also uh, could be used as allies in, in, in referencing uh, them to be using the, um, the the Sentinels. The Sentinels are the archers, right? I, 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 yes. Their first name is failing. Are, the, uh, are they the Alarian Sentinels or something like that? Right. I believe so. Yes. Anyway, the, the, the Lumineth archers in place of the Stormcast shooting is, is pretty much the cusp of the uh, of the article. Uh, I guess there now you don't have to really go back and, and read it, I suppose. But here's the thing I want to talk to you guys about. One of the one of the two things that stuck out to me in the article was a sentence in the article that that um, that stated, and I actually wrote it down because I wanted to remember it. But it said um, uh, the Lumineth themselves are pickier about who they ally with. Yep. And and I thought to myself, okay, well, when you read that sentence. Right below that paragraph was a picture of the Ideneth Deepkin as an ally. I mean, do, do you guys kind of see where I'm going here with this? Mm-hmm. Chuck, or are you, am I, have I completely lost you in my, my bantering? Um, I'm following. So, okay, they can take allies. The first right. ally that they noted 
that they showed, actually, I should say in a picture, is the, the, the Iden of Deepkin. And let me just kind of walk this down, because this is where I'm having a little bit of trouble, and maybe I'm just too much of a lore and storyline uh, weenie head, and i got to kind of get this right here. So the Lumineth, created by Teclis, to fight alongside with an army that also was created by Teclis and had not been for Tyrion, attempted to destroy by Teclis, meaning the Iden of Deepkin. You know, Teclis tried to kill them. Uh, did I miss something in the storyline here, or how the heck did those guys become allies? Tyrion. That's it. Tyrion. That's your answer. That's the story arc. That's it. So the big blind brother stopped, Step, stopped him. Yep. And now all of a sudden they're allies. And they're the only ally. Lumineth can only ally with Iodin. I, you know what? Writing like that is like very soap opera-ish. Is that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're well, setting up some, 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 some kind of treachery down the line uh, or something. I don't know. That's, but... that's why I was stating, stating a couple episodes back when Tyrion gets his army and we see Lumineth 2.0, you're probably going to see more allies come into the fold and things of that manner. So I think right now, because of the distrust that the Lumineth have towards everybody and them just trying to consolidate their power, that's why it's just Iodin. Hmm. Elven souls. Got to protect Elven souls. Okay. I mean, Chuck, what are your two cents in a tin can on this one? I mean, it's I, it's part of that story arc and, and marketing across multiple platforms. I mean, we, we see it with the most likely backstory in the black library books and it would follow along with uh the current thought process that gw has and that is you know focus on the current release they have with the potential of branching out into uh having armies compatible with the current releases that they have okay all right well and a little more lore on the side for the lumineth is they have what they call the five pillars and that's earth, wind, fire, water, and t- and air or time, basically. So we've only seen water, earth, and um, and some other things. And the other side, I think it's water and earth predominantly right now. And then you're going to have the other, you know, three pillars show up with Tyrion, which you know that's the Zether and the other stuff that's listed in the book. You know, you know what's funny is uh, I, I saw on the boards kind of go back. You, you, you know, you reminded me of something that Chuck mentioned earlier about the bonsai trees. You know, Justin, we were just talking about mm-hmm. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, terrible band, by the way, early '80s. Um, <laughs> uh, but you mentioned something about them uh, that, that, that I saw on the boards. There was a couple of there was a chat going, and I don't remember what the heck board it was. I think it was one of the Facebook pages or something. I, I hell, I don't remember. It doesn't matter, anyways. But the guys are talking about the, the, the similarities between the earth, like the waterbender and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the windbender, whatever that would be. Sounds like you're passing gas when you say that. Um, the old, like the avatar adage. Yeah, but, it, but they kind of, they kind of brought all that together. And, and I guess they, they knew what they were talking about. It made a lot more sense, but I wonder if that's kind of where they're going. And I wonder if Tyrion's army is going to be more of like the fire or the, uh, uh, you know, I, whatever I, have you, you know, it's, I, it, it almost seems like they're taking a page out of um, the art of war and, and Sun Tzu, like, maybe. yeah, or, something like that, you know, and, and Japanese Chinese mythology with, you know, the, the, ele- the elements all being in balance with each other. And if they're out of balance and the armies fall, so that might be why the Iodin are the only ally to them is because that is their water element, so to speak, while everybody else is not, following a particular element i mean 
<laughs> Chuck, let me ask you. I mean, I, I think I think I might have interrupted you, so if I did, I apologize. But uh, am I making too much out of this? No, I mean, it, there's going to be something tied together. When you guys started talking about the five pillars, it kind of reminded me of, I think it was a Japanese TV show, like The Waterbender or The Airbender. Do you remember anything like that? And like the last... Av- yeah, it's, it's The Last Avatar. The Last Avatar. So, and then you look at the theme behind Lumineth, and it's the spirit of the mountain. Mm-hmm. They've got bonsai trees. Right, right. They've got a guy floating in the air that looks like a monk. Uh, I mean, so are they using their key? You know, is this something that they're trying to capitalize on through a couple books and make it, uh, you know, more than just a progression of one race? You know, if we see Tyrion release, what powers would he have? You know, would that be the opposing force for the Lumineth book and Teclas? Right. I mean, that it it's very valid and it, it could be. And maybe that's where they're kind of taking that inspiration is more of like an Asian themed release. Yeah, right. And, and I guess for me, the, the, the whole thing, and, I, and I'm going I'm to have to steal a comment here from the boards. I mean, Watcher Zombie 2010 chimed in again, and, and he brought up a good point. And, and it's actually in the Ideneth Deepkin book. I mean, aren't the aren't the Ideneth scared of Teclis? I would think that, you know, uh, regardless of whatever Tyrion was able to do or not do, I, th- I think I think there's going to be a big level of, of distrust or something. I don't know. The, the, whole, the whole concept of seeing Ideneth Deepkin as an ally choice for them was a little was a little, uh, I guess, I guess, off-putting to me. And I guess maybe I'm holding on to too much of that olden day, old, old lore back from Warhammer Fantasy Battles when, you know, unless you had a, unless you had an allegiance chart of, you know, making making things uneasy alliances or something, you never could put Dark Elves with High Elves and or Wood Elves or whatever it was. So I would just think that um, uh, it, it just seems a little, little, little weird that they would make that parallel and make that connection. But anyway, we're, we're, we're kind of dragging the... Uh, we're kind of we're kind of pulling the taffy a little too too along on this topic, I think. But you know, let me just let me point one thing. I mean, are we good? Can we can we move on from this topic? Oh here? yeah, 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 yeah. So the second takeaway that I have on the article was uh, the introduction of of the named sons of Beamot, this bundle whale, bundle uh, whalebiter, yes. as an ally. Um, and it does appear that the Gargans will be somewhat factionalized. Uh, as as uh, one is going to be for destruction and order. So this leads me to believe that the others are going to be destruction and death and destruction and chaos. Um, it also appears that these Gargans are going to be getting the, the Gotrek treatment uh, and be allowed to, you know, break the ally points barrier for yep. armies yep. that they join. I mean, who uh, <laughs> who wants to take your thoughts on this one, man? I mean, and here's the other thing, too, and I want to hear this. At, at a potential 160 bucks guesstimate for these, for these Gargans, I mean, do you see yourselves fielding one i mean chuck i think i already know your answer but fielding one or more of these things in your uh, in your army as, as mercenaries or an, a whole army of them what are your thoughts one <laughs> okay i'm only going one okay. i might be going I'll, I'll probably be going two um i play you know different races that i could ally them in with but mm-hmm. like i said before i mean i i kind of see this more as a crossover between different game systems, which a lot of the Games Workshop stuff does. As far as like a backline storyline, I think to some degree they just, maybe they just molded the the history and elements of the Gargans to whatever race they thought that they could tie them into. You know, look at Bundo Whalebiter. I mean, and he's got a dolphin in his net. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so reminiscent of like fish. So, of course, they're going to try and tie that into the Deepkin book. I mean, right. it's it, it, it's kind of like a no-brainer. If they had, uh, 
one of the Gargants pulling around a, a cage full of Stormcast helmets, you know, well, he'd be the uh, antithesis or the opponent of the Order one. So he would be allied with death for some reason. They could make up something in, in the backstory. I, I think it's kind of been in the pipeline for a while, because if you make and commit so much emphasis into a large kit like this, it has to be cross-marketable yeah. to multiple books. I, I I guess it would, I mean, going back to what you're saying there, Chuck, I guess it depends on how easy this model is to either magnetize or be yeah. able to change out the the overall look of it. Because if, if you can magnetize it and switch it out to where you only have to have one, then yeah, great. If you can't, then I might have to buy two just so I can have one for each side of the tail. You know what I mean? Yeah. One for the good, one for the bad. Right, right. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think I think we, we know. I, I think I know of two people uh, that are actually going to be doing an all Gargan army. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the forty k knight Age of Sigmar version uh, of these things uh, really um, are really come out to play. But but that's everything so, we have. Go ahead. What did you say? I was just going to say to jump in on that. I I have a feeling that in that your all Gargan book is going to be a a fun list to play but difficult in the in any meta across yeah. whatever edition we're in yeah you uh, if you look at the troll uh armies for trogoths it can be very difficult depending on who you're matched up against i mean it, it's it's probably a even split like 20 30 percent of the times but seven out of ten six out of ten you know games that you play it's going to be an uphill battle true <laughs> i'm kind of interested to see how big that book is because you know most of our codexes are like 60 plus pages yeah are, are you gonna have 55 pages be fluff and lore and five pages be <laughs> yeah actual war scrolls i think uh <laughs> I, I, I don't think the book is gonna probably i don't think the book is gonna get get more than 35 pages of um, yeah i think it's gonna be a i think it's gonna be more of like a magazine maybe we'll see but uh but yeah that's everything i have with the news guys you guys have anything else to add for the uh for the news nope Alrighty. Well, this is uh, this is the point. I'll tell you what, guys. We're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking about army and hobby inspiration. So we'll be uh, we'll be right back. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. 
All right, guys, we are back, and we're going to be getting into our uh, our first part of the main topic here on tonight's show, and that's Army and Hobby Inspiration. And I think that this is a, this is kind of an interesting topic to get into because a lot of times you can draw inspiration from, from, from anywhere, right? I mean, um, for me, I know that when it's time to dive into a new Army and or, or Hobby project, I think the Hobby project might preface it and lead into an Army project, but um, sometimes it's vice versa. But regardless, when I get into a, a, a new Hobby or Army project, you know, where do I find my inspiration? I think the hobby is, as I said before, the main driver of inspiration, you know, maybe. Um, and even in this this game of ours, you know, Age of Sigmar, and, and, and even in the past, you know, with Warhammer Fantasy Battles, uh, the, the Warhammer world drew inspiration from many places. For instance, off the top of my head, you know, Tolkien's Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, I think Robert Howard's Conan the Barbarian, as well as uh, history, you know, particularly European uh, history. You know, you get into the Bavarian history and the, uh, you know, uh, Germanic history. It, it really, uh, uh, Norse history, it really kind of drew from from that. Um, and from that inspiration, that's what we have here today. We have a range of models and story arcs that was really started from that. And I think if you're like me, you probably have more than a few hobby projects uh, on, on the table. You know, theor- theoretically, at least, I would say that I'm, I have at any given time three to four going on simultaneously at any one time. And uh, it could be the new army that you've been, you know, plugging away at, or it could be the, the, the latest war band, you, you know, you picked up for Warcry that you, you just have to get ready to play. I mean, heck, it, it could be touching up your award-winning, tournament-dominating army. But uh, whatever the case is, it's all hobby-related, I think, in the, in the basis and in the beginning of it all before it's, uh, before it's an army thing most of the time. And uh, but but with that said, you know, be careful of the of the new army sinkhole. And I know I'm getting my ahead of myself here a little bit, but uh, the more I play, the more I want to paint. Also, you know, starting new armies uh, has been a bad habit for me for um, a long time, or at least you know, switching back and forth. And um, and I had to find inspiration in, in pure discipline. You know, coming off of my uh, my uh, or my my uh, ogre maw tribes, and now back to my beast of chaos, which we'll be getting into later. But, the, but this habit can make it hard to finish an army, meaning if you're, if you're driving yourself into an army to play, you play it, then you decide you don't like it or something goes wrong, and then you never paint it. I think, uh, I think it's a very, uh, uh, almost a, I don't know if pretentious is the right word for it, but you almost have to decide what you like to paint. Because let's, let's face it, as we, I think we said this a couple of shows ago, you're going to be painting and building that army probably a heck of a lot more than you're actually going to be playing it. So let's kind of throw it out there. I mean, I, you know, Chuck, Justin, I want to hear from you guys. I mean, sources of inspiration. I mean, um, wh- where do you guys, uh, you know, st- where's a couple of places you guys generally get your sources of imp- inspiration for a new army? Now, we're not going to get into your armies that we're going to be talking about here after the break. You know, we're going to be talking about your specific armies going through lists. And, guys, let me tell you something. Folks, for you guys listening, these guys have some great lists and some some really good painting. I mean, a hell of a lot better than I could ever do. So we got good stuff coming up there. But uh, topical point, you know, where do you guys draw your inspiration from? Go ahead, Chuck. Uh, so it, it's a interesting question to put forth because I don't know if there's really one way that you get all your inspiration and in my past, I have had loads and loads of models. You know, if you're a hobby enthusiast, you have probably a, a large collection. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay. heck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so if if I see myself with 
a larger amount of models than what I need for a specific faction, race, or a codex. And I don't think they're going to be released anytime soon. I might trade those for, for another race mm -hmm. uh, or sell them and, and purchase something larger. So sometimes my inspiration comes from getting rid of an army and acquiring a new one from a friend or maybe someone on Barter Town uh, or sell a local, uh, your army through a local game store. Um, you may only get a fraction of what you paid for it, but sometimes getting new models through those other various ways can be uh, that push that you need in order to start on something new and fresh. The second way, besides trading models and things like that, um, I have gotten inspiration from movies that I've seen. Uh, one being Pirates of the Caribbean. I sort of designed a couple ships around that after its release. I, be I believe it was the third movie uh, with Johnny Depp in it. Um, and third, uh, I'm forgetting the author name, but he wrote The Red Feast, and it was released by Black Library, Gaff Thorpe. Yep. So books sometimes will inspire me to convert and even throw together like a 30 or 40 mile army over a multiple month period. So, sure. and let's be, let's be honest, you know, how many armies do you really work on through the year? You know, one, two or three, maybe one to two uh, tops. Yeah, you you might buy and plan for an army. Yeah, you might buy six, but you're only painting one or two. <laughs> right. Um, so when you don't have... And, and I think another thing that leads to painting at a, a good pace and uh, being able to complete it is not having to paint hundreds of models. Because Games Workshop has toned down the minimum model count for, let's say, a 1,000 or 2,000 point army... Right. Um, I believe that leaves the door open to managing, uh, painting 30 to 40 models and having a somewhat successful army uh, within a short period of time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree with that. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said there, Chuck. I pull inspirations from some very odd sources sometimes. I could be walking down the paint aisle at Home Depot and all of a sudden a color pops out at me and that inspires an entire <laughs> army. Um, hell, I've looked at Legos and that has inspired an entire army. Just, just, you know, I, I pull my sources from pretty much my imagination and just random things popping in every so often. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got one in the works right now. That's not the army I'm actually building and playing, but it's one I, it's a future project and it's going to be, it's combining the Skaven and Admech. So oh, I'm actually right. you've been talking about that. Yeah. So so I'm actually combining, you know, a 40k faction with a with a an AOS faction and trying mm -hmm. to make this mechanized Skaven horde that is just you know, and part wow. of that I saw pictures online and some other things of people's work and and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can do something a little bit better than that. Come up with a theory and color, you know, and the, the idea of just bright, vibrant colors always seems to put me in a weird spot mm -hmm. when it comes to armies. So I pull inspirations from everywhere. Um, I have actually pulled inspiration for just basing on its own. Not even like an army style, but a, uh, a specific type of basing that I use with my Zinch list uh, oh. that I actually took to Armed Forces Day GT3 yeah. Yeah. a couple weeks ago. Right. You know, it's funny. I've heard two things from you guys that are completely original to me. 
a a paint yeah. aisle, walking down Menards or Home Depot, and coming across like a puce paint can, I'm like, oh boy, boy, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta paint my Slanesh Demon X <laughs> like that. I, so somewhere later on in the show, we're gonna talk about the inspiration for Slanesh, I think. Um, yeah. But but and then and then you know you know Chuck I mean you you throwing out there you know that comment just now it's like it's one of those things where you sit there and you go I don't know that I I think I must be a pretty pretty boring person to to, to where I get my inspiration from it's pretty much the lore or what I like to call media resources I mean the lore hmm. for me is really uh, what kicks it into gear. I, I, I find a lot of inspiration in the lore. I sometimes pop over to, uh, what's that site? Uh, uh, Lexicanum, I believe. And, mm-hmm. and I'll oh, read about, I was going to say a different site. Yeah, I, I'll read about one topic and then find myself, you know, rooting around in a completely different topic hours later. You know, I, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, I think, I think it's been referred to as falling down the wiki hole. I think something like that. So. Yeah, um, there's a, there's another one. There's a, like one D4 channel, something. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that one you can go one. through and yeah. they summarize stuff and they, a little bit of a backstory, but that's more like strategy and and what's better in list building. Right. But uh, you're right. I mean, the the backstory can drive themes. That's mm-hmm. a legitimate point too. Yeah, and, and you know, for me, listening to audiobooks, dramas, music. I mean, I, I've said it a thousand times, and I really do. I, I buy every single army book, whether I play the army or not, and I read them all twice. Um, And I do that because a couple of reasons. One, it gives me a a pretty good topical understanding of of the army that's in front of me that I'm competing against. But also it's that lore. You know, I I, do I uh, you know, I'm really into uh, uh, some of the armies that that I've read about. I'm not getting into them right now because I got to stay disciplined. But again, going back to that, you know, the media resources, I like to call them is where I find some inspiration. The audio dramas, music, uh, other videos uh, can help me to keep inspired and focused. I also like to poke around other galleries. Uh, images and things like that to, to look at what cool stuff folks are working on, especially the the thousands of people that are a hell of a lot more talented than I am. Um, and I've seen some really amazing work that has uh, inspired me to get back to work on my own hobby projects. I mean, heck, you know, most recently, I'm not going to be showing this army tonight, but it was um, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the, the not Lord of the Rings. I got that stuck in my head now because that was an inspiration. But uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones inspired me to paint my ogre army in the White Walkers uh, that, the way that I did paint them. So, right. um, you know, heck, you know, even doing a Google search um, for for the model you're working on and then adding conversion to the end of your search is generally going to give you some good and, you know, awesome results. Um, but, yeah, I think for me, the big part of where I get my inspiration for different armies is listening to audiobooks and dramas and setting little goals for yourself. I know that uh, my ADHD and my mind never stops rolling around. Um, I have to set goals for, for myself, like finish this squad of 10 you know, gore and you'll reward yourself with a best of gore or something to that effect. You know, also, you know, hordes can be a bit daunting. I mean, I, like I said, a, a year ago, uh, no, I'm sorry, year and a half ago, I finished painting uh, a 300 Nobbler army. Uh, and that was that was a compilation of almost 400 Nobblers painted. Yeah, so, that's right. 400 models is a that's an achievement on its own. Ah, uh, you know what? And it was funny. I was glad at the time that I had, well, I had indentured servants mm-hmm. in the house. I had my kids to help me out. And uh, they, right. my, my, yeah, they still don't talk to me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised what you can find by just typing in simple keywords in like Google search of like Age of Sigmar plus a color or plus conversion or something like that. I mean, it brings up all kinds of imagery and things that you can actually use yeah. as inspiration. It's right. it's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, and the funny thing about inspiration is, you know, I was talking to a guy and I remember this story. Uh, I had just sold my Stormcast army. And, and again, 
just like with the Lumineth, you know, I may have an opinion on them. I may have an opinion on Stormcast. To me, I really enjoyed Stormcast, but I found that I liked, I loved the army as a competitor. I liked competing against them more than I liked playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so for me, when I had my Stormcast army, I, I sold them and I was talking to the guy that I sold them to. And I said, what is it about Stormcast that you like? Because I saw him a while later, and my gosh, the army looked absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I, I had painted the army, and it looked like my sister's kids got loose with a couple of paintbrushes on it. It was pretty terrible. But this guy took it, and I got to tell you, man, it was a regular Pete Casso. This thing was beautiful. <laughs> and I said to him, we got talking about the army, and he said that he was inspired by this army simply because of the roman legion type names and he loved roman history and mythology and all that kind of stuff so i thought huh that's that's kind of cool and that was his that's his main driving force for that army and to this very day the guy still plays that army so it's kind of it's kind of cool i mean inspiration can do a lot of things not only for yourself as a gamer but i think it can also cure what we're all suffering from and that's army adhd uh, I'll be right. honest with you. Um, I'm a hoarder and yes, I just said hoard, but, um, I have what, uh, 16 armies. I play two. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably right there even with you. So, um, but yeah, what else guys, what else off the top of your head? I mean, when you talk about inspiration and where you get it from, what are some other ideas? Sometimes you just get it from, your family, and I mean, like I said, it comes from everywhere. It's just, it's how you take it into effect of your game. You know, I mean, my Nighthawk armor, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but that aesthetical inspiration came from my wife. So, okay. all right, uh, and, I, and I can, so I'll, I'll delve more into that when we when we're talking about the army. So. Okay, sure, sure, awesome. And, and I think I think the other part for me is, did you guys ever get yourself into a mix where? Uh, you take on you're inspired to play an army because somebody else says the army is dog shit or yes you know why are you playing that army that fires me up i find myself looking at that person saying oh yeah you don't think i can win with this army well here it is so so another point to that it's it's not always sometimes the the armies that uh people say they're bad and they'll never win sometimes it's just the armies that no one plays in your group Mm-hmm. So okay. You don't want to play this. It, no, to the, to your same point, they're both valid points. I no, think I like where you're going though. There are there are people who line up in both of these categories. There's people who want to play the Trogoff army because it's only going to go two and three. But if I can make it go three and two or three one and one, it's it's going to be like shoving it in somebody's face. Like, hey, I can still do good with this. You just didn't play it right. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's also another tangent of, hey, I'm the only Zinch player in my group. And I'm going to stick with that because we don't have anybody else who plays that. So we need to practice against that before we go to Adepticon, you know. Right, right, right. yeah. As a side note, do you guys think Adepticon's coming back in 2021? If we get all clear, it will. Everyone has to get a vaccination first. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and a mandatory shower, man. I've smelled yeah. that place yeah. after day two. Holy cow. Um. No, I, going back to the inspiration thing, though. Um, but, yeah, for me, you know, I, I've I found that I've played armies. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. I, I've stuck with armies like my Beast of Chaos for years. Um, yeah. And But I, I found that as much as I love, say, my ogres, I haven't stuck with them. As a matter of fact, this is my this is my third, technically third, ogre army that I've that I've ever had. Because I, 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 I had an army in 8th edition, sold it. 
uh, got an army, sort of put together early on in uh, when Age of Sigmar first started, sold them. And then, as, 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 as a funny thing would go, at a war meet, uh, Christian Weir, a great guy, I was telling everyone that I wanted to, uh, no, it was, it was a team tournament at, uh, at, at, a, at another store, uh, was, uh, I was telling everyone how much I really want to get back into Ogres, and I, and I wish I wouldn't have, uh, you know, got rid of mine. And an and awesome gesture by, by Christian Weir. At the end of the tournament, he just gave me his, his portion of the thousand-point team, and he goes, here, man, now you don't have to wish anymore. Here you go. You, you can play the army. And, uh, and I've never forgotten that. So that in itself, that kind act by, by just another fellow gamer inspired me to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to stick with this army and I'm going to, I'm going to paint it to the best of my ability. So in, in a way I kind of piggyback that inspiration of that gratitude for that off of, you know, Game of Thrones. And I love the idea of the white walkers and I loved tying that together with the backstory of the beasts, uh, of, of, you know, the, um, the ogres and you know the all frost in and being you know have basically being chased by that storm that um i was able to kind of tie all that together as as a as an mm-hmm. inspiration to meet between the white walkers and of course their their lore of you know running from the storm so that was um, there you I, go. iron jaws made a good point and he said that and this is in the chat again on youtube play the army you love not the army that will win and that goes back to your point, Pat, that, and, and Justin, you were saying this too, you know, if you like an army, you're probably going to want to paint the army because you like it, not necessarily because it's going to go five and zero or four and one. Yeah. 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 That's very true. You know, it's funny. Years ago, I was in a conversation with MC1 Gamer, AKA Mitch Cohen. Yeah. He was a, he, he was one of the best. I mean, he's kind of stepped away from the hobby for a while, but this guy, if you ever get a chance, by the way, by the by, look up any of the older un- unlocking videos that MC1 Gamer did. You have to go do that. They're, they're great stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, a couple of shows ago, we did a rerun show. If you want to, if you want to catch up to it, it was a few weeks back. Um, where we, we kind of replayed an interview with MC1 Gamer. But he said something to me that I've never forgotten in regards to, like you just said, Chuck, you know, you, yeah. you're inspired to get an army that you want to paint. He said, paint the army, but make sure you really enjoy the army because you're going to be looking at it from behind most of the time. And I thought that was hysterical. It's, it, the perspective of that was like, yeah, you're going to yeah. be looking at your army's, you know, rear ends the entire the entire time. Which is another thing that Iron Jaws told me about uh, his Trogoth army. He really enjoys looking at their rear ends. Uh, that's something that he's uh, very much, um, very much into. Iron Jaws, I'm sure, will be leaving more stuff in the chat now that I've said that. But, uh, but yeah, that's his, that's his big thing with the uh, the Trogoths. All right, moving on. Sorry, I didn't mean to all of a sudden be the uh, be the bully on the playground. Um, so yeah, I mean, inspiration is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, we, we, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we can, we can find it in the weirdest places. And I think we've touched on a lot of great topics. We've touched on lore, media, you know, nice gestures from people, you know, what we like to paint, but, and then I like to kind of go down a little bit of the rabbit hole with the challenges that we find Mm -hmm. ourselves in. And that's kind of why I want to go back to, um, cause okay. We asked a question and and this is going to piggyback a little bit off what you just said, Chuck. You know, being the only guy in your in your gaming group that plays Zeech, right? Okay, you're the only guy yes. right there. Right. I'm the only guy or person who... Yeah. Uh, right. right. That uh, that plays Zinch in the uh, Bloomington Normal area. Okay. At, currently. Okay. Well, that, that's like that's like me for the longest time until the book came out. Uh, yeah. You, 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 you could throw 100 stones in any direction and not hit one Beast of Chaos player. Right. Uh, you weren't going to find them. I mean, I was the only guy playing in that army for years. I mean, I had people walk up to me wanting to know what army that was. They'd never seen it before. So, so uh, in, in that aspect, I mean, I got into 
Zinch because I had played a team tournament many years ago, probably three now, right. at Adepticon with uh, a Kevin Fleming from our area. Okay. And and for my thousand points, probably around six hundred and fifty or seven hundred and fifty was old metal flamers and horrors. Wow. Uh, so to a certain aspect, like this wasn't a new purchase for me. I did not go out and pick up six hundred dollars worth of Zinch models. Um, I already had sort of like what you were talking about before a team tournament thousand point list sort of ready to go. It was a mixed chaos race at the time because that's what the book was. Um, but as I saw them splitting up each of those chaos books in my head back in 2019, I was like, you know what? I had fun, at least for the most part, playing Zinch. It was fun to summon models. It was fun right. to... Uh, shoot across the table, but still have uh, some flexibility with flying units. Yeah, so, I'll tell you what, we're we're gonna we're gonna hold that right there because I don't want you to get too much into your into your personal <laughs> army because we're gonna get into that because because folks, there's there's a lot of cool pictures that we have to show you uh, from yeah. when he played that army at Armed Forces Day Three. So we're gonna be right back and we're gonna be back with uh, with more on uh, hobby and army inspiration. All right, be right back, guys. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, we are back here, guys. We are uh, we are now back, and and, um, and and as you know, we were we were getting ready for more of the lore. Chuck was talking about you know learning yeah. more about the uh, the history of armies and. And I, and I get all that, man. I mean, that's kind of what, uh, maybe that's an inspiration point, right? I mean, learning the, the history of an army, that could uh, that could get you inspired. You know, and, and you know, that's what we're going to continue talking about here. But before we start talking about the lists and, and looking at some of these guys' awesome work and, and what further, I guess, uh, inspired them, right? Um, I, I do want to touch on a particular uh, army that, that we started to, we started to kind of drab on in the beginning of the show that I think, um, I think, I think I'd like to investigate well, the inspiration for, for this particular army here. And um, you want to know something? Uh, I just have, you know, I, we, we got to get this army out of the way. And, and as a great example of inspiration, and that's really Slanesh. I mean, one can only speculate 
right? That the, the inspiration of this particular army. I mean, I, I can just imagine the conversation over at GW. You know, the manager walks into a boardroom, coffee cup in his hand. He says, "Hey, good morning, Phil. Have you come up with any army concept for that fourth chaos god yet? You know, that slanesh rascal. You know, and then some. You know, you know, GW designer pipes up and says, "I got it. Let's put some demon chick with six tits and a dildo worm depicted by licking all of her enemies to death with some of this. You know, demon chick pole dancing with crab claws. I think the crabs are on the nasty little six titty. You know, demon chicks. That's a great touch." Phil. Hey, what do you think? They all should have crabs. And you want to know something? I think at that point, that's when the old manager probably sat there and he thought about it for a second. And that's when I think he, uh, you know, being a little bit of a pervert himself, he said, you know, he really saw the potential of this army and, and it really was inspired himself. I mean, it, we, we now we now have, you know, uh, uh, so many armies that we've seen out there. And now we've got knockers on chariots. I mean, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I, can, can we really go any further than this for inspiration? I mean, guys, are you with me so far? I mean, I kind of had to warm up this talk here since we're going to be talking about yeah. pictures and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what do you, th what do you think, guys? Am I, am, I, am I on a good track here talking about opening up the inspiration slanash? I mean, we all kind of have an idea where that inspiration came from, huh? So what you're telling me is the idea for slanash was coming to the stage, candy? <laughs> I mean, come on. What, <laughs> what was that? Look. Uh, what other army do you know puts boobs on a chariot? That's all I want to know. Huh? Um, I think it was modeled as is. I don't know if that's the original model. Yeah. I won't get into the, sto I won't get into the story about the guy that was excused at a tournament for a particular Slanash army. But, oh, uh, no. What, I, what was that story? Okay. I'm gonna, all right, so, so I'm going to tell it to you real quick. Don't use any names. No, I'm not gonna, right, I won't use any names. But at, particular, okay. at a particular tournament, a guy shows up. And it was a major GT, by the way. A guy shows up with a Slanesh army. And this was 8th uh, edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles, I believe. So it was all uh, rank and flank. And this guy shows up with a Slanesh army. And, folks, uh, i got to tell you, I'm just going to describe it this way. Please excuse them from the room. This guy was an incredible artist. And, and what did we say before? Converter? Hobby converter guy? Whatever sure. the term is. He was that. Every one of his seekers was on a weenie with nuts. And yep. uh, his his greater demon had, let's just call it a hatchet wound. Yeah. Are you with me so far? Sure. Uh, and it looked like a bacon sandwich in some cases. Right. And, um, and the, the TO comes over, one of the TOs comes over and takes a look at this guy's army. Now, you got to remember, this is a major GT in a major hall, and people are walking, you know, families, you know, are walking through there. And all of a sudden, you've got, you know, Ron Jeremy's special over here, you know, on the table, you know, 2,000 points of boners. And and you could, like, I know where this guy's inspiration came from, but, uh, but the TO walks up and says, that's a really great army. Get out. And the guy's like, well, I, I paid to play. He's like, I'm sorry, but you can't play that army. You know, you, you know, uh-uh, ain't happening. But the yeah. guy was cool about it. He said, look, if you can run home and grab a different army, you're going to have to forfeit your first game, but we'll let you play through. And that's what the guy did. He, he, was, he was pissed, but he was a good spirit about it, and I thought the T.O. handled yeah. it really well. The, and it was right at the beginning. They were taking in lists. They were talking to everyone. And I think people were just gingerly walking around. But I think there was such a massive crowd around this guy's, you know, weenie and knocker army. I mean, I got to tell you, man, this, this was like porno plastic all over the place. Yeah. And I, I got to be honest with you, man. The guy must have, he must have really done a lot of, like, sculpting of weenies and hooters because I, I got to tell you, man, it, it, was, it was pretty darn good. Uh, look real. I mean, these seekers look like they were riding, you know, Schwanzenheimers. But um, 
but uh, yeah, I, so and, and so. So, so I, I guess to your point, there there probably should be uh, a, a yes and no category for what is acceptable, and maybe that needs to be put into maybe tournament packs, so we don't have uh, a you know unacceptable converted army that uh it has no limits <laughs> yes yeah exactly and, and you know and let me just say this you know all joking aside here folks i mean you know one can definitely see where slanash got their inspiration from and and here on grimdark live uh, as an opinion fun type show you know we we hold no ill will towards slanash the inspiration for slanash you know uh you know uh, we you know slanash players or, or or just the general run-of-the-mill finger-sniffing pervert that may not currently own a slanash army and anyone currently involved in a hot dog eating contest so we're not saying anything ill-fated about any of that stuff right guys i mean yeah. you know we don't we don't care if there's weenies and knockers on the table as long as dice being thrown right guys Right. I mean, and, you know, to your point, there was another painter that I knew out of Wisconsin that uh, they converted some stuff and it wasn't as uh, apparent on the front side of the miniature. But if you look behind, there were sculpted uh, phalluses underneath kilts and things like that. There you go. Um, There you go. So it, it was there. I mean, it wasn't painted to be like right out there in front but if you looked you you could use your imagination and you knew what it was yes um, yeah exactly but you know leather was covering it you know but some flesh was there right. uh and to that point you know there is a little bit of an artistic flair put on it but it's not just so front and center so i, yeah. I think what the to was probably concerned about was that family walking by with a 10 year old daughter or an eight-year-old son and they're like oh what's that yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And that's and that's the thing. But, you know, moving on here, guys, I mean, we don't have to we don't have to, you know, you know, mess around with this topic anymore. I mean, move on. You, you guys ready to to, to roll sure. on to actually your army inspirations? All right. Let's uh, let's get rolling with that, because uh, I think that's I think that's really what I think that's really what everybody wants to hear. But I wanted to kind of warm up the topic and kind of talk about that as, as, a, as a great example of I think we know where uh, the inspiration for Slan Ash probably came from. Yes. So. So and we're the line, the line that is drawn. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and 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 again, folks. Uh, you know, all all fun and jokes. But but here it is. So uh, so Chuck, you've got some Zeech list and some Stormcast lists that you're going to be talking about, and the inspiration you yeah. have for them. And I know I had to cut you off earlier in the segment because you were you were starting to go down that road, man. You were like you were running, man. I had to catch up to you. But uh, <laughs> but but so uh, we want to hear about it, man. So I, can we start with the uh, the Zeech list? Can we do that one? Yeah, so my Zinch list uh, focused initially around, you know, the 2017 Adepticon team tournament that I did with a, a neighbor here in town, Kevin Fleming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had some models before then, but it was essentially like a, a mixed chaos force um, that was mostly Slanesh. Uh, over the years, between like 2017, 18, and 19, before the Zinch book was released, I had acquired models, you know, if I had traded for them or got them from someone else in town or even bought a couple box sets uh, from the local game store, always support your local game store. Yep. And uh, so that kind of led itself to me having a, a little bit of bulk models lying around. And as you can see in some of these pictures, uh, you know, one of my greater demons of Zinch is a Mutilith, Mutilith Vortex beast yep. um, with third party wings. Well, I wanted to sort of use what I had uh, because that model had been sitting around for years. 
the other model in there is Dorgo or or Drago. It's uh, the dragon that uh, who is it? Uh, the you're one talking about, you're about the, the uh, Arcans. Uh, yeah, the Arcans Steve. mount. So, yeah. yeah. So I I took him and I'm like, you know what? I've never really seen a blue dragon like that before. So I sort of went with a another blue tone. And uh, it does match the Vortex Beast pretty well. And when I started converting and painting those models, I was thinking, you know, I can use one as a summonable uh, greater demon, and then the other one I'll just put in the list. Well, then I started list building, and I'm like, really, the list performs okay with two greater demons in it. And I really didn't see two greater demons in a Zinch list. Mostly it was like one greater demon with flares and scores of horrors and flamers and exalted flamers and the chariots that bounce around moving 16 inches. Uh, so I just wanted to try and and play something that one other people really didn't put out there, mm. like the build that I had, um, and then those models that I had sort of laying around. Uh, the the second thing that that came about with this list is the basing. So a lot of the bases you see the lava theme, um, that sprouted from an older army I had. Uh, that was a Chaos Dwarf army that had oh, lava yeah. base. Right. Yeah. And and that army, I still have parts of, but I actually sold probably about 80% of it um, to somebody who was playing Kings of War. Uh, I didn't necessarily need all the models that I was using, and I needed more space on my shelves. Oh, yeah. So kind of like that, you know, the, the ADHD gamer in me was like, well... I sold the ogres. I'm, maybe I should just part ways with this other army so I got more room. Mm -hmm. And so that led into expanding back into that volcanic theme, which I I like. So, yeah. and I got to tell you, this um, this this army and, and many of the things that <clears throat> that you had done with that army were really inspiring for myself to uh live to really kind of generate um, you know some, some painting tactics for myself. Um, I'll get it. I'll turn it over, okay? Family first, man. No problem. We got it. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, uh, so no. I, mean, I saw this army. I saw this army close up, yeah. and and this thing in itself, just from the conversion standpoint and some of the painting standpoint, is an inspiration in itself. I mean, but there's a lot of work that went into this. So that in itself, you almost have to keep finding that inspiration to really generate uh, an army like this, right? Yeah, and, and so trying to keep on that ball of, you know, what do I need to convert? What do I have? I, I did have to buy, I believe, one of the battalions uh, that came with about 30 or 40 models just so I could get more blue horrors and brimstones. Um, what you don't see pictured in here is probably the other 80 models that I have in a box underneath, which I probably should have put on the board for pictures purposes. Uh, but those all have, you know, the same lava basing theme with cork on it. Uh, because if you summon a model, it should match the basing of the rest of your army. Right. That's kind of one of those tournament uh, pieces that they like to see. Sure. So, you know, that was sort of the pain was, and you went through that when you painted your three to 400 models. It's like, well, I've got my 20 pink cores. Now I need another 40 blues and like 60 to 80 brimstones. And yeah. Then, getting into that 150 model category with your army and uh so some armies kind of lend themselves to being easier to play other ones are a little bit you know tougher because you've got to paint more 
whatever. Yeah, and, and I think that's I think that's the biggest thing is is really digging down and finding that inspiration uh, for for yourself. You know, to, yeah. to constantly keep doing that. I know that with with my three hundred novelers, just the basing alone, the you know was was that that was painful because you just got done painting all those all those models. Now you got to base them. Yeah, it's almost a, it's almost a painful uh, task. Yeah, that is very. Yep. That's a lot of models to base, no matter what what army it is. Well, and and so another thing that you want to keep in mind is you end up finding better painting techniques as you move along, <laughs> and that's what I had come to find out. There was like an orange red tone that I found while I was googling images, and uh, I ended up like changing how the lava was painted like halfway through so some of the models match and other ones are more orangish that i went back and like later tried to fix so you even like develop better ways to paint convert as you go along so always experiment with that prior to you know buying large masses of supplies that you need sure you know whether that be paint or cork or basing materials so let's let's kind of let's kind of move over here and take a look at your list real quick i mean i know that we kind of looked at the, yeah. the army a little bit but kind of talk about some of the inspiration behind this list you know without without you don't have to get into like a ton of detail but i mean this is i saw the list firsthand play an awesome list so kind of kind of talk a little bit about some of the inspiration behind this particular list so initially my my list well we can go over the list first yeah so in the list, um, I took two Greater Lords of Change, right. an Ogroid Thaumaturg, uh, two units of 10 Pink Horrors, an Exalted Flamer, two units of, I'm sorry, two Exalted Flamers, and then uh, two units of three Flamers with a Warp Flame Host. Yes, right. So this wasn't the first list, though, that I produced. Okay. Uh, if you if you remember in the Armed Forces Day, oh, that's GT3, right, yeah, three, yeah, um, I did not have the Warp Flame Host Battalion, right, and so that what the battalions do is they lend themselves to faster deployment of your army, right, one, mm-hmm. uh, free command point and a free artifact. So mm-hmm. besides that, my previous list actually had about nine drops and. What I had found out with that, especially after playing at Armed Forces G- Day GT, is that uh, it didn't lend me to a good beginning of the game because with the Zinch range of their spells and their casting ability, uh, they're limited to about 18 inches or so. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and so initially, you know, I had a lot of drops. Uh, I was trying to play for more fun. And then... Prior to that, I actually had a summoning build where I had a mixed mortal and demonic force. And the whole point was to just try and summon uh, the, I'm um, trying to think of what the, the unit's called. The uh, pink horrors, the blue horrors, the... Those were part of it, but there's like uh, the unit with all the hands that comes off of it. Oh, hey, you, got, you got me there. Justin, yeah. help out, man. What do, you, what, what, what do we know about this mysterious... It's not a mysterious unit. Um, Spawns? Spawns? Yeah, it's a chaos spawn. So I had chaos spawns that I had converted from the 2017 team tournament, and I had about six of them. So, (laughs) you know, I had the the summonable unit from uh, the demonic side. I had, I could kill units with, you know, D3 mortal wounds from the spells, and then uh, throw out there a... uh, 
another one of the summonable units. It was just, it was fun. Right. But then what I came to find out is that I was losing. And I, I was going like 0-4 in my practice games. I think I played about four different lists where it focused on just trying to summon and delay the opponent with single models. Right. Uh, right. You're, just th- you're just throwing trash out there as much as you can. Right. And so, you know, I couldn't hold objectives. I, I couldn't get off the uh, start line fast enough to the middle of the board to get in uh, to get into somebody's way to take an objective. Right. So it, it just was difficult. And so that is where like the second Lord of Change came into play. Um, and then I toned the list to have the battalion so that I could get better deployments a, a little bit quicker. Uh, you know, initially it was more uh, not as competitive, but it, it has gotten into more of a competitive mode now. Yeah, right. I feel happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, the the list is great. I mean, but you know, I know this is one of the one of the two armies that you were going to get yourself into. And, and honestly, but this is your primary, right? Is that a safe is that a safe way to put it? it this has been the primary for twenty twenty. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so here's the next one. We got a, we got your Stormcast one here that we're going to be looking at. Um, that uh, that I thought was uh, uh, your, this is your 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 whole I guess call it Drake Sworn army. I guess is the best way to put it. Yes. Uh, so with this one, I actually was trying to find inspiration from uh, Game of Thrones. Ah. And uh, that's kind of where the three dragons came into play. Uh, I ran across a really great deal before COVID happened. And I put down my money to a, somebody online. And uh, I got a hold of, some, of three dragons. Now, I had to kind of go through and balance some things out because I wanted to take the battalion, the Drake Sworn Temple. Okay. And, and that centers around three Drake Sworn Templars, not the Lord Celestin on Star Drake. Right. right. So yeah. I modified it so I could take the three main dragons with the Astral Templars Stormhost. Ah. Okay. And and what that does is it allows your units to move an additional six inches. Uh, I think in the first hero phase or in a hero phase during the game. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. the whole point is to make it an alpha striking army with your three dragons and your judicators can use uh, the teleporting from the heavens. You can have at least two units do that uh, down onto objectives. Okay. So let's, let's um, go ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, it, it's okay. Go ahead. So let's take a look at the list. I mean, you know, just so that the, the way you described oh, yeah. that, it, 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 it makes perfect sense to me, but I mean, this this is a pretty this is a pretty powerful list in itself, and I think this one would actually surprisingly do very well, even though from the surface it looks to be a fairly low model count. I mean, you got you got oh, three yes. Drake Sworn Templars, which I, yep. I particularly like the Templars best myself, and then you've got a unit of uh, ten Judicators, a unit of five yep. Judicators, another unit of five Judicators, and then the the hundred and thirty point battalion. That's yes. it. I mean, that's a uh, that's a pretty good compact tight list. I mean, from an inspirational standpoint, one thing that I can tell you right off the top of my, my head that would inspire me to play this list is low model count. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not a cheap model count, but uh, if you can find, you know, the good deals or trade with your friends, I mean, you could essentially make a dragon based army for multiple different army books. I mean, this is not the only one that, uh, that can do it. Okay. Um, and, you know, I like the ability with the Drake Sworn Templar because he's got a bow that if he hits or wounds a model in a unit, all other models, I believe, get plus one to hit at that unit. Okay. So the Judicators can then capitalize off of that bonus that the Templar has. Uh, the second thing with their uh, Tempest Axe 
it actually prevents the opponent from piling in more than two inches. Okay. So they can only pile in one inch when they attack. So if you can get one of your dragons into combat attack first, it'll prevent, you know, the 30 witch elves from getting 115 attacks on you or whatever the unit is. Right, exactly. So yeah. I mean, what was your overall inspiration for really putting this army together? Well, for the longest time, I have actually wanted to do just a dragon army. Um, and for the most part, it's been very difficult to try and design something around like Archaon, who bounces between, you know, the 500, 600, or 800 points. Right. Uh, and to try and fill the battalion requirement, or not battalion requirements, but the battle line requirements sure. for an army, um, as opposed to going into like his book. But I wanted to have multiple dragons not just one so the point was to not have like one big scary dragon but multiple dragons you know if, if i could try and fit four in i i might even do that and like trim down my battle line to just having uh let's say liberators in in there uh and i wouldn't have the shooting capability but i'd have four drakes for templar which okay. might be kind of scary to look at gotcha yeah no no kidding about that so that those are <coughs> pardon me those are two extremely powerful lifts i mean um, it, it takes the wind out of you like you're almost coughing on your coffee right boy i gotta tell you i i, I you know and and they think they think they think there's actually coffee in this cup hold on yeah. <laughs> well you thought i had tea remember <laughs> oh yeah yeah in, in ireland they call coffee jameson's True. All right. True. <laughs> so moving on, but no but you know, chuck great stuff man great stuff so yeah. justin you ready man to do a little show and tell on your armies Sure, why not? Yeah. All right, we got uh, we got the night haunt up here for Justin. So I mean, I, I what I love about this Justin is that you're actually picking an army that I would find inspiring simply because we're right around the corner from my one of my absolute favorite holidays, and that's Halloween. Man, we're already looking up the the skirt of Halloween. So, Justin, yeah. go ahead, man. What was what? Tell us a little about it. Give us the inspiration on on this on this army here. Well, there's a few. There was a few items that brought me into playing night haunt. It was kind of a uh, inspiration from my wife. She's she's a CMA. She's a she's a medical assistant. She's been doing it for a long time, and the lore that follows with my particular list is right up that alley. But it's more of the dark and sinister side of it. So, so you have you have Herodin running around in that list. Which, if you read their lore, these are some of the spookiest things that are out there. These these they're creatures that have. And in their lives were basically nurse practitioners. They were they were healers. Okay. And it, Nagash hated that. He absolutely hated that. So when they died and he stole their spirits or their souls, as punishment, he twisted them into butchers, basically. So he took he took these sweet nurse practitioners, these healers, and he turned them into just absolute death. So that was the basis or the behind where my army was coming from. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, Lady Olander and all those, they all kind of fit into there. And I, I eventually started twisting the, the lore a little bit more. And that's where the color theme came from with the white cloaks and the bloodstained. And I was going towards the red wedding. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, so another game of Thrones uh, inspiration here. Right. So everything in there is basically white linen dresses and things of that manner that would be like you would see at a wedding procession that has just gone completely wrong. 
<laughs> so you have you have blood sake stone all your all your cloth is blood stained all of the actual body parts underneath are bright brilliant red uh which is the staining of blood or the staining of the soul so it everything in there leads into each other in history and in the lore aspect and i even brought it into my basing where all the flowers and all the stuff that's on my basing is red like it's absorbing the blood and becoming a red orchid or something like that yeah uh, you know so everything in this list is designed well let's take a look at the list Let, let's throw the list up here so there's your list right there so you'll notice that um the top of my list i have what is the knight of the shrouds and the knight of the shrouds i use him as the general because the overall abilities he can carry are better than lady olander's in my personal opinion yeah i've often heard you don't really want her as your general right but i also i also took him as because i'm looking at this as you know it's a wedding set like a wedding setup and mm -hmm. all that kind of thing and he's the knight to okay. the to the to the queen so to speak and then of course lady olander then you have an executioner which you know a lot of queens out there had executioners to get rid of their problems right <laughs> And then, of course, the handmaiden or a screaming banshee, as you know, that would be the secondary is the last hero. But then you go into my main body, and that's where you see the two the two units of harridans, and they're both fifteen each. They're almost capped out at the twenty that they can be at. Um, I like to hide those in the underworld and bring them out from behind the scenes or behind the enemy mm -hmm. and strike with those while the spirit haunt the spirit host and the mooring banshees kind of filter forward on you and just go tearing into your lines i also was taking inspiration and basing these on their history or, or kind of the way i was playing them which is that's why i had the battalions which are the execution horde and the shrieker host that's there yeah, i noticed that you were carrying two battalions in this list which i thought was kind of interesting i mean you got 240 points of battalions in the list Right. I have 240 points of battalions. The entire list is four drops. Um, pretty much everything in there except for um, the Knight of Shrouds and Lady Olander are battalion-based. So everything drops at the same time. And the, the only shortcoming I have on my list right now is I've only got one caster. And that's that's something I can rectify with a little bit of tweaking here and there. But I like the way the list flows, and it works pretty well for me. So it's, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Chuck, I saw you, I saw you throwing some comments up there on the, uh, on the chat, man. What are your thoughts? You're on mute, bud. Yep. <laughs> he is on mute. Oh, he I'm, I'm, he's swearing right now. So that's good. He's, 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 he's quoting slanderous poetry right now. Howard. Yeah. I was just reciting the poetry I, I wrote when I listened to the melodic tones of Justin when he was telling us about his list. I got to, how do you spell that? Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, M E L. <laughs> um, so, you know, I like that, you know, Justin's put quite a bit of thought into what he's doing with his list. I mean, four drops, it's got a good theme. Uh, it, it's even got like unique painting that correlates with uh, the theme he has, the, and that's something that you may not see in a lot of a lot of builds. Uh, you know, he's got decent conversions, good basing. You know, so it all kind of ties in. Yeah, I I tend to do that with a lot of my list, and you know, the like the, like I said, the the future 
list down the list, the army where I'm doing the Skaven Admet Conver uh, Conver army and all that is going to have a lot of conversion. Um, yeah. I've, I've missed doing conversion, a conversion army. I haven't done one in probably seven to 10 years. And I kind of really want to do an all conversion army where you basically look at a model and have to go, what is that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I miss that aesthetic of the, of the hobby. And, you yeah. know, and both you guys have the talent to do that uh, for sure. You know, and, and that's, uh, that's gotta be an inspiration in itself. I mean, for, for, to, to be able to do those kind of conversions that you do, Justin, especially I've seen your work to be able to take those. And it's almost like you're trying to top the last one. Every time I talk to you, you do some kind of a conversion. You're trying to make the, that one better than the last one. I, and I, I want to add in there for Justin too. It's always, it always gets tougher to try and find or do something that's, that's different that you can put your own spin on. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is my foyer back into debt. So uh, once we see the next group of either zombie pirates or whatever it happens to be, or the next Legion of Nagash it hits, I probably will end up building an army in there at some point and having a completely different feel from, you know, flying bed sheets that are, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. that's just the way my inspiration works is I go, I look at an army and I'm like, what can I do to this? that's different than anything else I've seen out there. How can I twist, twist it, but, but still follow the lore, but make it personable. Right. Right. And that's the idea for my my wife. That's why I'm running Heritons instead of you know Grimgast, okay, you know, evidence or something like that. It's because it was the homage to my wife's medical side. It's like okay, these guys' history is just really twisted and bleak, but it still has that aspect of healers and all that stuff. And and you know what, I, I love the fact that you brought that in because it makes it it, it gives it gives your army that that personal signature. I guess the best is the best way to put it. I mean, it it, it you know tying that into uh, your wife and, and obviously what she did. I mean, that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great inspiration, um, mm -hmm. realistically, but, uh, but for me, if I can, if I can kind of uh, jump in, I mean, you know, for me, it was the anvil of apotheosis that really did it for me. When, when oh. I, when I had the general's handbook 2020 in my hands for the first time, and I was able to kind of see, uh, what, um, that entire concept was doing with the heroes, especially the, as we call it, the build a bear for nerds. That's really when, for me, I said, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to really go forth and I'm going to make that commitment to play one to two armies, which is going to be my beast of chaos and my, my ogre maw tribes between generals handbooks. I, I think uh, you can hobby and build whatever you want, but this really kind of provoked me to go out and create a character. And maybe it's not quite the army that you guys, uh, you know, you know, have, but you know, I've got so many different army lists and builds to my, uh, to my beast of chaos that I wanted to kind of really drudge forward with the, uh, a new character. And I, I call this guy Gargrim, the molten eye. It was kind of a, kind of a homage to my, uh, my first, uh, character in the beastman army that I really loved. And that was, uh, uh, Kazrak, the one eye. And, uh, obviously that character is no longer around anymore, but, um, when the Anvil of Apotheosis came out and gave you that ability to kind of add your own flavor and flair to the army, and then, of course, it, it allowed you to not only play them in a narrative space, but in the actual uh, game space, uh, that was it for me. You know, that was that was everything I ever wanted, and uh, so I, I dove right in. And uh, it was challenging for me. The inspiration for me uh, is someone that's, I would have to say, a mediocre to average painter at best uh, and a, and a 
uh, average to idiotic converter at best. Um, I really enjoy the idea that this that this hero is out there and can can come and join the the herd, if you will, at any time. And I like the fact that you can create your own war scrolls for them and you know build your own uh, uh, hero the way that they are. So that for me was uh, a, a huge part of the. Um, the inspiration, I guess, is the best way. So for me, I, I picture, because in our gaming group, our, you know, the, our media gaming group, we play a lot of different games. We, our, our, our game levels range from anywhere between 1,250 points to 2,000 points to 2,500 at times. Sometimes someone's going to have to play, you know, uh, up or down, depending on, you know, somebody coming in to play for the first time or, or whatever have you. So uh, I kind of thought that this guy would work out really well in a 2,500-point list because you know the way you build the characters within anvil of apotheosis is either by the uh the 20 point margin or the 40 point margin and of course whatever you build to you multiply that by 10. so he's 400 points on the button and so um i threw him in a uh in a 2500 point list you know and, and it's a list that i i've been playing for a long time and it's and it's one of the lists that i find uh is a little bit better and more programmed to maybe my play style and i think it plays well with the beastman i mean it's a gave spawn list and when they changed some of the rules after the General's Handbook came out and, and put a lot of the armies back into their own battle tomes, you know, we lost a lot of the realm artifact spells that, that I heavily relied on. So going back into Gave Spawn, I'm able to actually do what I've done with Beastman armies, and that's stiff arm my opponent. And th that's what this army does. But being able to create a character that has regen, charge bonuses, and, and I kind of was able to take the concept, uh, again, an inspiration, from my Ogre Maw Tribes army, you know, my a la my Frost Lord and Stonehorn, and kind of bring that into this to this character, if you will, um, on this great big Rhinox type of a uh, type of a mount. So for me, uh, to to be able to pull that Beast of Chaos army back off the table again, yeah, and kind of start painting it and getting it more form fit to, uh, you know, a new character, you know, that for me was um, a huge inspiration. And, uh, and again, it's, it's, uh, it's an army that I've been playing for a long time. I've got all my favorite toys in there. I got my three Jabber Slice in there. I got my Sigor. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I name them all. My Jabber Slice are Hansel, Gretel, and Augustus. My Sigor is One-Eyed Willie. I got my two Razor Gores in there, 2,500 points. I call those guys my Pork Missiles. And I've got my four K uh, Tuscor Chariots. Those are my Weenie Wagons. Yeah, of course, I mean, a little Slanesh. Little, little, uh, I should be in there developing Slanesh uh, armies with, uh, with GW at this rate. Um, and then, yeah, I got uh, my, my Great Bray Shaman, my Beast Lord, two Doom Bulls. And again, the whole, the whole concept behind this army uh, with the, um, the Gave Spawn is when my heroes die on a 2+, they become a spawn. Mm -hmm. And that, that attacking unit has to fight the spawn. And then, of course, being that I've taken the, um, the, uh, the Pestilent uh, uh, Throng Battalion out of the book, anytime a unit from this uh, army dies on a 2+, the uh, I, the enemy, all enemy units within seven inches suffer a mortal wound, so um, it's it's kind of a great list. And really, what inspired me though at the end of the day was uh, was that was simply just the, the anvil of apotheosis and, and being able to take this this concept of build a bear for nerds and generate a uh, a hero. And that yeah. was uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean i I wasn't aware that we were doing character challenge builds i think you kind of one up us there pat um i wasn't ready for that so i couldn't one up you if i tried and cheated man there'd be no way about it but i appreciate it. i honestly i i appreciate that compliment but i mean uh yeah i mean this and, and for me too i i was inspired to really try to step up 
uh, my own painting. Now, a painting like this to, 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 to anybody else in the hobby would be average work. And I'm not trying to say that to be, to be collectively modest. I'm not looking for compliments here. But what I'm saying is that this was a lot of work for me, whereas for like an, a, 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 a fairly good painter, an accomplished painter, a pro painter, this would be really nothing for them. So, um, but Justin gave me advice on the, uh, on the rear end there on the, uh, on the, on the, on the ball sack. He, he really oh, helped me detail oh, those, those veins, yeah. Justin. So you did a great job with that, man. I really oh, appreciate that. I wouldn't have been that, able to right? do that without your help. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, I got to tell you, you know, Justin, Justin often does that kind of detail work on, on miniatures. Yeah. So if you ever want to talk to him, uh, please feel free to comment on the section, but you know, on, on the comments below and he'll be happy to get back to you on just how he got the vein, you know, details in there. And I thought it really worked out really well. Justin, you did great on that, by the way. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> it's, he's like a good coach. That's that's it, man. That's it. So yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's, that's the inspiration right there. I mean, uh, what else can we say? Right. Yeah, what do you say? <laughs> well, good stuff, guys. Anything to add uh, before we get uh, we we got to the uh, the inspiration topic? No, I think we we've covered it pretty well tonight, Chuck. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll be right back with the question of the day. I can't believe we're already at that part of the show. Yep. Hey, gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. question of the day and um i kind of had a little bit of, now i'm having mic problems you know i'm not even the guy with the fancy mic like you know chuck over here um but here it is man we're going to throw the question of the day out to chuck so here it is chuck will the new book uh the broken realms you know the marathi book uh is this going to herald in a shift from nagash's storyline to the elven gods or do you think uh Nagash and, and, and the whole death faction in some way will remain steadfast in their role as a central player in the in the lore and the meta. What do you think? You know, that I mean, that's that is a legitimate question and it, you know, could be the borderline beginning of a new story arc. I mean, it it's a is it a campaign book that dives into the factions or is it something that is going to rip apart and bring something back together to, to start off. I mean, it is, it is a good question of what we're looking at. Okay. All right. I, I, I like that. And you know, my, my thought real quick before I get to Justin is, you know, I, I thought maybe that we were going to move away from death, but now with this, this, this hypothesis that's out there that we're going to be seeing pirate vampires of some kind, uh, that kind of leads me back to, you know, maybe we might have a sway back to, 
you know, maybe maybe the death storyline of not Nagash, you know, in particular. But but that's just my two cents in a tin can. So so Justin, what about you, man? I mean, will will the new book Broken Realms, this Marathi book, is this going to herald a shift from Nagash's storyline to the Elven gods, or do you think uh, Nagash and in particular the the whole death faction will, will remain steadfast in their role as a central player in the meta and the story arc? I don't think we're going to see the end of Nagash. I think he's going to be a key component, even though he might be in the background a little bit more. I still think he's going to be key because if if the, the rumor and what we're hearing is going to happen, where you're going to have Marathi going crazy and trying to free all the slow the souls from Slanesh, you know Nagash is going to want to get in there and get his hands on some of those. Yeah, just because. Death is prevalent. It's always there. It's always in the forefront. It doesn't matter what faction you come from. That's the one thing every faction fears is death. That's true. That's so true. I yeah. I don't see him taking a back seat and just saying, hey, these Elven gods are fighting with each other to free their their lost brother that are locked in this soul cage and reestablish their dominance in the world. I'm going to sit here and let them do it for free. I don't see it. Right. That's just the way I'm looking at it. You know, you got there's too many things in there. There's too many factors. Yeah. I guess I guess when I posed the question, I wasn't thinking that he was going to be completely marginalized and gone. But I mean, right now, I, th- I think it's fair to say that death kind of has the lion's share of the you know coming out, especially with the Osiarch Bone Reapers, that box set with the ogres, and now leading into I think a good portion of the rather the ever chosen book itself. You know, outside of the tie of the bones kind of tells that whole backstory of, you know, what the Osiarch Bone Reapers, you know, did as far as, you know, baiting the gosh, I mean, uh, uh, Archaon back into uh, back into a fight. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see if they're trying to establish kind of a new uh, sourced meta uh, and maybe maybe get away from death. But I don't know anymore with, with these uh, with these vampire pirates coming out, possibly. Um, it'd be interesting to see. Good deal, man. Good deal. Well, hey, that's it. That's a great show, and that's a wrap. And, and please don't forget to give uh, our, our channel a like or hit the like or subscribe button, as a matter of fact, and follow our podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you don't, the Grimdark Goons are going to come over to your house, and we're going to deliver slant-ass demons inside your house, and that's only going to lead to your dog getting knocked up in a clogged toilet. So trust me, I've seen it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty nasty. So, folks, uh, thank you all so much for, uh, for another great show, and, and we're going to be back next Thursday at 730 for uh for more stuff uh, uh regarding to you know dice dragons demons and a dwarf uh next thursday so please make sure that you uh you join in for that uh guys anything to anything to say before we uh we close up uh i just want to say remember support your local game stores support your local uh professional painter or your local gaming group trade with them uh get in on the action at the local gw store if that's where you can play uh, it's all about enjoying the hobby, having fun, and playing with your friends. Yep. Follow your inspirations and follow your own imagination. Good deal, guys. Good deal. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, see you next Thursday, and until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. All right. <laughs> see you guys. Night. Night. From Dark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar Worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast.
Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chucking-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Dark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.